0: Talk
1: Hello, this is Gigabit Nation, Broadband Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig Settles, and I want to thank you for taking time to be with us today as we provide useful information and insights to help public, private and nonprofit organizations get more, better broadband everywhere it needs to be in the US. Today, we're going to look at broadband and economic development from something of a different uh, perspective. Um, a lot of the discussions about broadband and, and how it generates economic development centers around uh Call What I'll call traditional companies, uh, bringing new companies in, uh, enabling retailers and other folks to get online and to market internationally and so forth and so on. But we really need to start talking about entrepreneurs, the guys that work out of their bedrooms, out of their garages, and, and how we can corral those into an economic force. Within the community, how do you nurture them? How do you find them even uh, and 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 bring them on board in sort of this new digital entrepreneurial economic uh, world uh, i 'm here in Kansas City uh, this week uh, for the fiber to the Home. Uh, council conference that's starting tomorrow, but uh, there's this little item that popped up on my radar screen a couple of weeks ago uh, called uh, Kansas City Startup Village, and it's a very unique, uh, in in my opinion, very unique approach to uh, starting and generating uh, entrepreneurial ventures, um, and, I, and we've got some of the folks involved with... Um, Kansas City uh, Startup Village to talk about what they're doing, talk about their respective companies, but in the bigger picture, talk about how other communities may be able to replicate the success that they're having here in Kansas City with this unique concept. And our lead off guests for today are Adam Arredondo and Matthew Marcus, who are uh, both co founders of their own company, uh, Local Ruckus, and they are also co leaders of the KCSV, the, the Startup Village. Adam and Matthew, both of you, thank you very much for being on the show today. I appreciate your taking time to speak with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Welcome. Excellent. So let's just jump right in. Tell me a little bit about this concept, this this uh Kansas City startup village. How did it start? What are you guys doing? And I know you've had some successes, so let's talk you know, let's talk about those. Starting with how did we get here to Startup Village?
2: Yeah, sure. Well um we're based in a small area of Kansas City, and uh, the Startup Village kind of came about with the idea, anyway, last mm-hmm. September. Essentially, what happened was, uh, without any planning, uh, three buildings uh, in the first Google Fiberhood uh, in America, or in existence, uh, came online and started to home or house uh, startups and uh, entrepreneurs, and uh, with those who were involved initially, we started to realize something special was happening, and um, we just we decided to grow and we decided to be um, able to bring other startups uh, to join us and essentially create a community of startups that were quite close to one another, uh, mm-hmm. which would essentially create an environment of you know, collaboration and inspiration and um, you know just uh, something really really
3: special like that. Yeah, and the cool mm-hmm. thing is that none of it was planned. Um, it, was, it started with three buildings being within half a block of each other and the first neighborhood mm-hmm. in the world to have Google Fiber. Mm-hmm. With absolutely no planning. And from there, uh, your next guest is Ben Barrett, or one of your next guests is Ben he, uh He shot out an email saying it was pretty cool what was happening. And from there, we got intentional about it. And here we are today. Mm-hmm.
1: So when you say it was not planned, so basically, uh, and 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 uh, Matthew, you and I have talked a little, you know, a couple times actually before the show. It it, it seems like it was truly an organic hi, I'm walking down the street and I meet somebody, and what do you do? And you're an entrepreneur, like it's that kind of intros to each other is kind of what started this whole thing, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, we are in a residential neighborhood, um, and as mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, Google Google Fiber powered. Of course, um, I don't think that they expected at least so soon that entrepreneurs would essentially block to
1: where they would fire up the fiber and start to establish themselves and build businesses. But literally we all have to Matt, excuse me, let me interrupt you for one one second, Matt. Can you can you speak up a little Because I think I don't know if it's the um because you're in a cell bo, we're losing some of the volume here. We need to we need to boost you up a little bit. Either speak closer to the mic or I don't know if you have on your your phone on mute or something.
2: I do have it on mute. Wow, I was talking to Adam's phone.
1: Holy holy. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> that should That's right, okay. That last part then for our audience then. Sure, sure. sure. So well, I mean
2: uh <laughs> we're uh the, the starter building is essentially in a residential neighborhood. Um there's a lot of quaint uh homes around and uh, and some commercial spaces as well. And so um you know the the business like the entrepreneurs started to flock here, well at least because of Google Fiber firing up. And um, so, anyway, it's um, it's exciting, but I kind of forgot what mm-hmm.
1: the question was. <laughs> no, 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 no worries. In fact, we have, we might have a caller on the line here. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can uh, pull this person in. Good morning. This is Gigabit Nation. Do we have a caller on the line? Hello. Is there a caller out there somewhere? Okay, probably some lost soul trying to find a local pizza place. All right, all right. Uh So, <laughs> well, they I mean, don't have they, they don't have fiber. Don't, Yeah, this is probably true. (laughs) No, what I wanted to kind of come back to was, was, uh, you know, getting a a feel for the um the, the, the startup process, if you will, I mean, I sort of got the impression from our earlier conversations offline that it was very much you know people would just meet each other literally around in coffee shops or walking down the street or whatever and and realize hey there's another entrepreneur down the down the street or there's a you know these guys that have a company next door i mean that seems to be the way this all got moving.
3: Yeah, yeah um, I, I mean, the thing really, I really um, remember about all this uh, is that the key part is density. You know, startups, uh, you know, starting your own company is very challenging, and having others around you that have are going through the same experience is a really critical part to creating a sustainable, successful startup community because you leverage the experiences of everyone else, so, um, you know, you, you don't make the same experiences. Um, and, you know, Mm-hmm. Saving time and money is critical to, you know, figuring out or, you know, having a successful startup. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things we really um, – one of the key goals in creating KCSV was creating startup density, which in result leads to what we call serendipitous collisions that are unplanned meetings where you can kind of share different, um, you know, experiences with others, and as a result leads to more successful startups.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that these folks are here in large part because Google Fiber picked this neighborhood to be first, or was it more that they were already here and 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 percolating, and once you had Google Fiber, you had a uh, I don't know a stronger connection amongst and between the the entrepreneurs.
2: Yeah, so I mean, it's interesting that it all kind of came. Uh, It happened together. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, this community came together before uh, Google Fiber was in place. In fact, we had startups here kind of waiting uh, for Fiber to fire up. Uh, But it certainly um, allowed the startups to expand uh, their thinking on the services and products that they can provide now that they have this really valuable resource that is currently only in one city. Of course, we know it's going to Austin next and then Provo, Utah after that. But right now, Kansas City has this amazing window of opportunity, and, and you're starting to see entrepreneurs flock here from not just locally, but around the around the country, um, to see how they can take advantage of Google Fiber and you know and put gigabit to use. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, uh, I know Ben, I believe it is he's the one right that, that came in from Boston.
3: No, that so that's Mike Demare, Um and you'll okay. have him on next with Ben. Yeah, Ben started the program that allows people to move and get access to Google Fiber for free, and that's a really okay. interesting story, and he'll
1: tell it next. No, no worries. We'll we'll, we'll wait on that. But my question was going to be, um, from what you've seen so far in the past few months, what or how likely is it that we can expect? Um, entrepreneurs to actually move into an area, especially from halfway across the country, just because that area has fiber. I mean, it's,
2: it's happening now, honestly. Like we've had mm-hmm. um, quite a few entrepreneurs move here, uh, either because of the Homes for Hackers program or otherwise, just to not only just for the Google Fiber, but for the community itself. So it's really an all-encompassing um, situation that we have here, but. What's interesting is that they're starting to realize that, hey, fiber is here. Uh, There's places that they can establish themselves, be it live-work in a home or just work because we have commercial spaces. We are on the state line, so they can be in Missouri or they can be in Kansas, depending on what suits them best. And they can Mm -hmm. take advantage of fiber and, and essentially, you know, maybe their business relies on it or maybe they can establish a product or service that could use
3: it. The other thing Mm -hmm. to kind of realize is that there was a blossoming startup community in Kansas City kind of leading up to Google Fiber and then Google Mm -hmm. Fiber has kind of acted like a a lightning rod, if you will, just to just excite the imagination and give some national attention. And then thus far, Kansas City's done a pretty good job um, with, you know, KCSV being a key component of that, of taking, you know, taking advantage of this once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, truly what's happening here and throughout Kansas City is, you know, we're changing the economic future of Kansas City. You know, changing the national reputation of, a, you know, a cow town and flyover country to a true innovative technology hub. And with with uh, corporations, you know, uh, technology corporations like Sprint and Garmin and Cerner, um, there's, there's a lot of tech talent here. And we just have Mm -hmm. a huge opportunity to kind of change that mindset and become much more innovative. Mm -hmm. Now, but aren't there also
1: non-tech companies as part of the village?
3: Yeah.
2: um, I mean, what's interesting is we get pinged quite often, at least a few times a week, about startups interested in in moving and, and joining the village. And certainly some have said, hey, are you tech only? Because from the outside, it certainly feels that way or it looks that way, especially when we talk about Google Fiber. But the village is certainly open to any type of startup. Um, we've had people contact us about clothing type of startups and whatnot. And what's interesting is that we are located in a historic antiques and arts district. So in a way, it's kind of new meets old. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, a, if, a, if a startup wanted to come here that was food-based or, you know, textile-based, whatever that may be, um, they uh-huh. certainly can set up and, and get as much support as a tech company.
3: Yeah, and, uh, you know, the basic principles of, you know, doing a startup and starting your own business when it comes to finances and funding and all those things are really not different across different, you know, industries. So when I say sharing, you know, sharing experiences like I talked about earlier, it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. There's valuable um, insight and opinions and experiences you can garner from someone, like you said, running a, a clothing company with us being a tech company. Um, you know, like I said, it's a, it's about getting like-minded, innovative people um, in one place to be able to leverage those experiences
1: to make us all better for
3: it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, as we go forward, um, or as you guys go go forward, will do you think this will just continue to be an organic growth, or will certain processes or procedures or, or things come into place to kind of help foster to help recruit to help, you know, get everybody to know everybody else. You know, do you see that kind of thing happening?
3: Um yeah, well, it's it's funny you say that because at first it was very much an ad hoc kind of um fly by the seat of our pants type of type of deal because we didn't know what was going to happen and we still still don't completely, but we have gotten a lot more intentional about our our effort and um so there are efforts now to kind of take this to the greater Kansas City community and mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people in Kansas City that are excited about what's going on, want to help, and that, that, uh, don't necessarily know how to. So what we try and do, and we do have a meeting every Wednesday, um, that we get people together and just try and help um, guide all these efforts and, and energy into creating a, you know, a sustainable startup community here in Kansas City. So recruiting um, and also just um, you know, talent development in Kansas City itself, engaging with young people and engaging with the corporations and corporate talent, um, we're getting much more intentional, intentional about how we do that because like I said, there's a lot of positives here and we just need to mm-hmm. continue to bring those and unify those and, and create better lines of communication. And Mm -hmm. and just to follow up on that, one one of the things, Craig, you
2: mentioned earlier was about replication of the startup village. How can other people follow our model? Um, We certainly don't have anything written down, any kind of playbook, although the startup village is is strongly modeled after um, um, uh, Brad Feld's Boulder thesis, uh, The Startup Community. He wrote a really significant book uh, that just lays out principles and guidelines on how to build a startup community. And when we read that, it just made a lot of sense to, uh, to all of this. But you know, we've had we've had people think, hey, how can we take this to other parts of the city? And some people even, how, how can we take this to other cities? So I think it's, you know, it'll play out over time. But it's interesting just to think about and, and to see people interested in doing the same.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a, a couple of minutes here about your company. You guys have so, in addition to being the sort of the dry, a driving force within the uh, startup village, you guys also have your own business, right? Little, um, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so Adam and I co-founded Local Ruckus. Uh, we're a content delivery platform focused on local events. So we're mm-hmm. really trying to solve two, two, two parts of the puzzle. Um, on one end, we have businesses. There's a lot of small and medium-sized businesses that have some amazing events, but they struggle to figure out the best way to share those mm-hmm. events and market and promote them um, mm-hmm. with you know, new and existing customers. So we provide a platform that allows them, it's kind of a central hub, for them to manage and promote their events. Uh, they can get them listed in the local Ruckus network and then also promote them via their social verse, you know, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, on the mm-hmm. other side of the coin, we have uh, media outlets, right? So they uh, often uh, struggle. They, they, they have content, but they, they struggle to push it out. They're good at pushing content out, pardon me, but they struggle to get that content. And one place they struggle is often local events listings. Um, so that's one thing that we can do is essentially become that bridge between these businesses with amazing events and the media outlets who want to promote those events or who, who can use it as a value add service to their uh, print and digital publications, mobile apps, et cetera, and we just kind of essentially become that distribution
1: platform. hmm um, You know, I have a, a comment from uh, one of the folks here in the audience. You know, was asking about the fact that um, in, in the gaming world, okay, a lot of the uh, games and stuff that are being developed uh are requiring folks to have a constant internet connection um do you find or do you think that there may be some uh i don 't know an increase of companies um or, or of products that are going to require an internet connection you know i mean granted you have a lot of companies you know here in the village that you know you refer to clothing or you know artistic related uh kinds of uh, ventures But, you know, we we have sort of this this gaming industry which drives a lot of technology development, but there's like this whole always on, always on. Are the companies that you think get created through these, um, you know, a a gigabit-driven community are going to be – Almost requiring folks to, be in essence, to take part of those uh, pro- to, to to be able to take advantage of those products or whatever it is that you guys are creating, are going to have to have internet connections too. And I bring this question up because you know folks will say, you know, if you're creating applications or you're creating new businesses in a gigabit environment, well, that's all well and good. But if you have the rest of the country or large parts of the uh, the rest of the country that don't have, you know, gigabit connections, they don't have high-speed internet, will we have a disconnect? I'm just wondering how you may may have thought about that scenario.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you bring up the gaming industry. We have an entrepreneur from uh, South Carolina, Hilton Head, who moved here as part of the the Homes for Hackers program. And he is a Mm -hmm. semi professional gamer. And he came here because he was excited about fiber, And he has his own small company that he's building, which is based on uh, kind of providing game servers to his fellow game players so we've mm-hmm. got that we've got a couple other entrepreneurs who realize that we're in the middle of america so we're we're well positioned uh to become kind of a gaming capital if you will um so they're putting together efforts on bringing gaming conventions here and also starting kind of gaming um i guess kind of just a gaming setup if you will uh so there's you'll see more movement on that but just a quick note on the on the gigabit, um, you know, we certainly are in a, um, a window of opportunity. And what's interesting is Julius uh, Janikowski, who's with the FCC, you know, one of his goals is to have a gigabit city uh, in every state by the year 2015. So mm-hmm. um, that's just proof that there will certainly be gigabit cities, and we know that's where it's going. We know that more speed, you, you know, results in more power. And so because we have this window of opportunity that allows us to um, – to innovate and think
1: about what's coming up. Mhm. That will prove to be I think quite um, you know, quite interesting as we move forward and as we find lots of applications and lots of, you know, creativity surrounding the gigabit uh community but also trying to balance between, you know, those who have and those who don't have, that very well may may soon. I mean, there are a lot of communities now looking to make that plunge in the fiber, even if they don't have a gigabit, you know, or if they don't plan to have a gigabit in the short run. Um, I, I think what will be interesting and maybe an interesting challenge for some of the entrepreneurs is to create in a really seriously high-speed environment and then say, okay, well, we've got to bridge in, you know, bring in customers who don't have the same level of access mm-hmm. And you know, it's, I think it's maybe a business planning, maybe it's even a marketing consideration. I'm not sure, but you know, as you guys progress and, and more people keep tabs, what's going on here, I'm sure these these questions will be uh, asked and eventually answered. Um, I want to yeah. I want to switch. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. Uh,
2: I, I yeah, I just wanted to say, I mean, it's exciting and. Um, What's really interesting is that, you know, entrepreneurs are thinking, obviously with with having Gigabit and other people don't, you'd have to think of a scalable model, so maybe Mm -hmm. an application or something that can scale over time. But what's really cool is that, you know, entrepreneurs building businesses that don't have anything to do with Gigabit still are having ideas about how to use the Gigabit, and so they're Mm -hmm. coming together uh, of their own volition, of their own free time, and thinking outside of the box. And, in fact, I'm part of uh, a small group with a couple other guys and we, really, we actually met over the weekend just to think, hey, you know, here are some ideas. How can we put these, these ideas uh, into place that actually, that actually must re- require gigabit uh, speed? So, you know, keep an eye on the village. Uh, you can obviously follow us on our website. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. We have you know, Google+. Plus. And just keep your eye out, and, and you'll definitely see some cool things coming out of this, uh, this part of town.
1: Excellent, excellent. Now, there's a couple more folks in the house here. Um, I'm actually sitting in the middle of uh, Startup Village myself and kind of experiencing this thing uh, for the the first time. And we've got a couple of other guys on board, uh, Mike and Ben. Uh, Mike is a co-founder of a company called Handprint, and Ben is the founder of the Home for Hackers program. So, uh, Mike and Ben, if you're wired in here, say hello to the audience. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, (laughs) <laughs> so let's start with the Home for Hackers program, and then le- and then we'll learn a little bit about about handprint. But um, so so Ben, what's up with Home for Hackers, or I should say Homes for Hackers? Yeah,
4: well the uh, the whole idea is to uh, try and attract new startups to Kansas City by offering them three months of free rent, free utilities, free Google Fiber, in exchange for them moving their operations to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So, the, I, can, I can give you the, the quick story is, uh, last summer, Google mm-hmm. was um, Google Fiber was rallying the neighborhoods. They came out with a contest and said, hey, Kansas City, you guys have to rally your neighborhoods. The neighborhoods that sign up and have the most sign-ups, that shows that there's enough demand to warrant Google Fiber coming in and wiring up your neighborhood. And then, based on who, uh, what neighborhoods get first, uh, first position on the list, that will be our rollout schedule. This is coming from Google Fiber last summer. Mm-hmm. So, um, I uh, at the time I, I was kind of frustrated that uh, lots of people in Kansas City were talking about this beautiful gift of Google Fiber coming to Kansas City. Nobody could believe we still can't believe that Google came here, <laughs> and uh, everybody was talking about it—that it's you know this amazing thing. But nobody's really talking about ways that we can exploit it or use it for the the greater good of Kansas City. So. I came up with this idea, um, partially inspired by a traveling startup that stayed with me for a couple of days called Ideamench and uh, I, I had a really good inspirational experience when they stayed with me, and I thought, well, hi, hey, maybe some other uh, generous homeowners in Kansas City would be crazy enough to open their homes to let a startup live with them for free. So mm-hmm. my original idea was maybe we could get uh, 10 generous homeowners to let startups live with them for free for three months at a time and try to find homeowners that also have Google Fiber. And then uh, every three months, rotate a new startup through there. And through that program, we could seed 40 new startups into Kansas City in a year. Um, so that was the idea. I wrote a blog post about it, basically forgot about it. And then um, some folks from the Kauffman Foundation called me up and said, Hey, Ben, we came across your blog post on LinkedIn. We love the idea. Why don't you come out for lunch? They suckered me into a free lunch. I was like, free <laughs> lunch? All right. I'll, I'll do it every time. awesome, you know. Yeah, And, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch, I guess. So
0: I showed up and they said, (laughs) (laughs) yeah,
4: right. I showed up and they said, uh, well, we love this idea, but we really think you should just do this. So I said, okay, let me think about it. That was a Monday afternoon, and then Thursday I threw up a website, just a cheap, basic website, and it really took off, and people really started rallying behind this idea of homeowners opening their homes to let startups stay with them. Then Google Fiber released their rollout schedule. The rallies ended and they said, okay, these are the neighborhoods that get Fiber first. None of the homeowners in my program, I had about five or six homeowners sign up and over 20 startups applied, one of which was Mike here, yes.
0: and um, mm-hmm. uh,
4: none of my homeowners were getting Fiber for a year until fall 2013. And the startups really want Fiber. That's the whole reason why they're even considering Kansas City in the first place. So. Uh, near the end of September, I remember talking to my wife and we had this crazy idea. What if we just bought a house in the first neighborhood that has fiber and use it for the program? So that's what we ended up doing. And uh, bought a house. We're paying for everything just to let startups live there for free. Um, In December, we also uh, thought, hey, let's put one of the rooms of the house on Airbnb and see if there's anything to this idea of fiber tourism. And that room is uh, paying for about half the cost of the house right now. The rest is coming out of my salary. Mm-hmm. And uh it's great we've got that that Airbnb rooms booked up almost solid now and mm-hmm. we've got startups booked in the house uh through
1: December. Mhm. So, now, before I get Mike on the phone, I do have to ask one question. How do you get compensated for this adventure? Is it that when the when the startups become successful, they uh they 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 give you guys some sort of fee or how how does that process work?
4: Uh, I don't get compensated. That's a short okay. answer. So it's it's uh, there's no equity involved. There's no fee. It's completely free for startups. That's what that's okay. the differentiator. Value proposition right there. So there's, mm-hmm. in other cities around the world, around the U.S. certainly, there's incubators and accelerators where the startup gives a percentage of their company away, or there's a fee or something. Um, mm-hmm. In Kansas City, we really have to be competitive. So we have Google Fiber, and now we have completely free. Rent for three months. The whole idea is to get them hooked, get them here and plugged into the community, and then they they kind of go on their merry way and they're, they they want to stay. But yeah, there's there's nothing um, in return for it for me.
1: But that's, doesn't that beg the question? How do you make, how do you financially sustain this effort though? It's I mean, coming somebody out of my salary keep the doors and
2: open. And it, yeah. Okay,
1: it's me. I'm, I'm <laughs> keeping the doors open. Alrighty. Um, so, so Mike, tell us a little bit about your uh, your involvement with, with Home for Hackers. How did you find out about it? How did you get here? What's happened since you got here?
5: Yeah, so um, I was sitting in Boston, commuting home from my job at a startup, um, and was reading Hacker News, sitting there waiting for my train to come. And uh, mm-hmm. Ben Barrett, I saw a blog post about Homes for Hackers in Kansas City, written by Ben Barrett, and I clicked on it. It was really intriguing to me. And he put his phone number on there, which was crazy to me. So I was like, all right, gotta give this guy a call. Left him a message. Uh, I think the next day or two days later, I get a call. I was sitting in my friend's kitchen. I talked to Ben on the phone for like an hour or two, just about Kansas City, about kind of the vision, about just kind of the whole thing. And uh, I was hooked. Um, the company I was working for ended up moving to Silicon Valley, and I was, you know, left looking for something to do. So decided to take the side project I was working on to the next level and uh, move out to Kansas City.
1: Mm-hmm. And and so have you been satisfied since you've gotten here? Are you making progress? Are you about to go public? What's What's the word?
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to go public uh, shortly. No, I'm not kidding. But uh, so after going through the Homeless Hackers program, Um, I went back to Boston in January and uh, decided to come back with my team. So I was out here by myself in the home trackers program. But um, after, you know, going home and talking with with the rest of the guys, I decided that Kansas City is the place for handprint. Um, We moved out here. I think we got here like the first week of February. um, And we have been working ever since. Um, We're making a lot of progress. Um, We recently uh, won the Bradfeld Fiber House competition. So now – You know, we get to live right next to the Homes for Hackers house, which is really awesome. Um, Get to hang out with all the guys that go through there uh, often. And, you know, we get to hang out in the Bradfeld house, use their gigabit internet, you know, do a lot of work.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, um, how would you suggest that other communities, you know, other cities go about this? Because I I think the, you know, my... My thought, anyway, is that, you know, I look at this and I say, okay, great. Well, this would be really cool to do in, you know, you know, back wherever, Wyoming and uh, Minnesota and so forth. But I have to kind of see a way forward. You know, do I, you know, what what's the payback for the homeowners that participate? Because I think that's the first question that folks are going to ask. And then do you, you know, get one home as a starter adventure and you try to go out and find, you know, some... Uh, eight or nine people to participate. I mean, how how do you really get this thing off the road if you want to replicate this in other uh, other towns, other cities?
5: Yeah, so I know Ben, ben really runs the Homes for Hackers program, and, it, and it's really his, his baby here. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he kicked around a lot of different models. Um, you know, Airbnb is working really well right now. I think he's getting uh, quite a lot of attention with that. Um, and, you know, that co- as you said, that covered half of his... His, you know the cost of the house every month um mm-hmm. and you know there are a lot of different options you know being pushed forward about i think like sponsorships um you want to speak about it then
0: yeah
4: i mean i think you got to have a lot a lot of individuals that are willing to give first and get later um mm-hmm. and uh as Brad Pell himself would say you know there's a difference between giving first and um pay it forward so give first is not altruistic it's uh, you are expecting something in the long term but you just don't know what it is and you're not point mm-hmm. to just limit that to uh, financial return. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess I've been doing a little bit of both. I've been doing a bit of pay it forward which is uh, I would call it altruistic um, but a little bit of give first get later too. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, you know I think uh, we get this I get this question a lot about a week ago I was talking to a guy from uh, Louisiana that wanted to he was from some small city in Louisiana and wanted to do the same thing and they've got a bunch of big oil companies down there and he's like how do I get the start community the off the ground. I said I pointed into Bradfeld's book and I told him, you know, what we've been able to do in Kansas City isn't really the result of any single individual. It's it's, uh, it's a greater whole. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really the whole community at work. And it's difficult to just say, hey, just replicate this anywhere. Uh, and we're not there yet. You know, we've got a long way to go. But I, mm-hmm. I do think it's the result of lots of entrepreneurs together with a give first mentality, really trying to help each other out. And, um, you know, even if there isn't anything, any immediate return for them. And then combined with that, we've been able to exploit Google Firebase. So there was even um, somebody in town here that wanted to replicate the, the KCSV, the Kansas City Startup Village, that we're kind of uh, working on here. And like Adam and Mark, Matthew Marks have been talking about earlier, the whole idea is to congregate a, a dense uh, nucleus of startups so that whenever you're just walking down the street, you're bumping into other startups. Um and people in other parts of Kansas City want their own startup village. And mm-hmm.
0: you know,
4: they've contacted us hey, we want to do a startup village too. And we're kind of like, okay, well, go build it. That's fine. You know, go for it. And they're saying, well, how do we do this? And we don't really know. Um, you know, the, the reason, one of the reasons why it's happening here is because there are already a couple startups located real close together, right next door to each other. And mm-hmm. this is the first neighborhood that's Google Fiber. So Google Fiber we're using as the hook. Um, and that's the catalyst that's pouring gas on the flame. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to build this out in Wyoming or wherever, I, I think you know, go for it. And Brad book, he firmly believes. Whenever he talks his book about startup communities, he firmly believes anybody can create a startup community. You just need to follow, like, I think it's four general rules that he adheres to. But um,
0: mm-hmm.
4: you know, you, uh, I do recommend you have some kind of hook, some kind of uh, value add, some kind of Differentiator, and our differentiator mm-hmm. here, uh, first and foremost, I think the biggest thing Kansas City has going for it is the people here. I I love the people Definitely. in Kansas City; the people are awesome. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've been, we, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that have a give first mentality. That's second, and then third, we've been able to exploit Google Fiber.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, for maybe the more cynical and the more dollar worry people. Um, Would it be fair to say that um, if I were a forward-thinking community, I would look at something like the Home for Hackers program and say, you know what, this is something that we, you know, maybe an economic development agency or a local community foundation might say, you know what, we should maybe underwrite some of this effort because what it will do is it will bring – You know, additional entrepreneurs here that may not have come there otherwise, it will give them an environment to work and to develop. You know, whatever they're they're working on as a a product or service, and we, the community, as you're talking about, you know, here in, in Kansas City, will get the payback down the road. Right, you know, because economic development folks are always looking for how do I draw people in, how do I keep people, and how do I make sure that they're all, you know, doing well and making money, and we as a community are making money and so forth. And maybe look at this as kind of the long-term investment. You know, a home for hackers in every community is a long-term economic development investment. Well, what are your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, that's a great idea, and we've uh, seen that concept floated around a lot. The the problem is, this is a completely unproven model. And a lot of the mm-hmm. government councils, the EDPs, um, you know, don't really want to touch that. They, the, I feel like they don't really know how to treat us exactly. Um, the Homes for Hackers gig that I'm doing, so far it's just one guy, it's just me doing this solo. And it still remains to be seen what kind of impact uh, we're having here. Now we believe in it, we we really think we're having a big impact here. but. Um, for for folks that are not entrepreneurs that are more involved in city government and big programs and raising funding from big corporate entities and they have to uh, remain accountable for where they're spending that funding um, we've well, I've seen you know they're very reluctant to throw money at me so uh, uh-huh. and, and the, the startup group in general so you know the effort here is purely entrepreneur led entrepreneur driven partly because nobody else knows what to do with this I think that's that's my opinion. Um, And, uh, you know, I would love to see, um, you know, some funding, some some corporations throwing some money our way eventually. But so far, it hasn't happened. We've been at this for six to eight months now. And, uh, you know, it it does take longer for those bigger companies to get going on things. But I think a lot of people are kind of uh, doing a wait-and-see attitude. So they're going to just see exactly how much this takes off. And like I said before, you know, we're not there yet. we We're an unproven model, Uh, but if if we can prove this, I think we've got a very strong, viable business alternative to um, the traditional development council model. Um, Mm -hmm. So instead of you know, and their thing is valid too. You know, they're they're all about uh, luring big companies into Kansas City that have you know hundreds of employees and giving them you know several million dollars in tax breaks or something. Um, Whereas our play is all about small startups which a lot of people don't
5: seem to care about as much the new economy mm-hmm. though yeah, um, right. yeah no right. i really see the city as embracing i guess a lot of the the ideology behind the new economy kind of small businesses uh startups scalable businesses are really the future um and they employ the most people right now and i think you know what ben's doing is going to i i'm definitely believe it's going to uh, I guess pave the path for more programs like this across the country and um kind of bring uh innovation to a lot of places where um you know they need it right now.
0: hmm
1: Now one of the things that just popped in my mind is that well maybe this is a would be a good uh approach for abandoned property. You know, I've I've been doing some work down in, in Iowa and um you know there's a number of abandoned buildings. I mean, abandoned for different reasons. Yeah. And you look at a program like Home for Hackers and go, well, you know, we got the space. We're not doing anything with it now. You know, it's it's sucking up whatever money that you have to pay for the land and taxes and yada, yada, yada. But mainly it's, it's just it's, it's an unused non-asset at the moment. So if I open up the doors, you know, spend a little money to make sure there's, you know, electricity and light and, you know, gas tank going through it, that maybe you know it's a flyer but it's a flyer with an unused asset that you know you're taking a flyer with an unused asset and maybe you, even if you did 25% success rate at least you would be in the net, you know in the in the bigger picture making more money or generating more headlines or generating more interest uh and and bottom line creating more entrepreneurs than what you're doing with that facility currently so Does that seem really i cool? think that
5: can eventually happen and there's a lot of that you know there's a lot of properties available in the city right now um there's a lot of Mm -hmm. like abandoned schools and factories and things like that but in order for any of that to be successful density is really key and i've i've been here since day one um or not not really day one in the kcsv i've been here since the early um you know since early here and um but well
4: well i think um yeah what to follow on from what Mike's saying, you know, um, a bunch of people have talked about doing a similar kind of thing in Detroit, right? Because Detroit has tons of vacant property, and you can snap up a whole block for I don't know, you know 50 grand. Boom, you got a block. Um, but you know, <laughs> again, I would I would go back to, you know, you got to have a hook to get the entrepreneurs in. Uh, to mm-hmm. start to think, you know, if you just buy a whole block of housing and give people free housing, that is a little bit of a lure. Um, yeah. But you've got to have people that want to live there, too. So if it's kind of, you know, uh, a dump, yeah. nobody's going to live there regardless. And then I would also right. say the effort has to be entrepreneur-driven. It has to be entrepreneur-led and um, because there's plenty of government programs that um, could try this kind of thing. And just because of the bureaucracy and politics involved and how slow it takes for them to get going, I I, I think the success rate for those is so much lower.
5: Yeah. So... Kansas City actually stole the handprint team from Detroit uh, back ear- early on. When we were working on this project, we'd always pictured ourselves in a large, vast warehouse in Detroit that we just bought for like nothing, right? Um, and so, so I g- we get what we're what you're talking about. But um, really, <coughs> density is absolutely key. Um, when handprint when we first moved here, we were living about eight nine blocks away from I guess ground zero at the KCSB, um, and you know after moving into the Bradfell Fiber House, it totally changed the way that we run our company. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. the interactions with the community are fantastic. Um, We get to see people every day. We get to just bump into people, um, you know, go longboarding with some of the startups, startup people down the street. Um, It's a much better scene. It's a very livable neighborhood compared to, Mm -hmm. you know, picking up uh, a lot of abandoned houses. Um, And entrepreneurs are looking for that right now. Um, No one necessarily wants to struggle uh if they don't have to and what Kansas City offers right now is most of the uh you know, opportunities that a place like Detroit offers, but in a in a much more um I guess organized uh structure.
1: hmm Excellent. Well, we're gonna sh- we're gonna shift here one last time. We're gonna bring up our uh, cleanup batters here to uh, finish off the interview for the next 15-20 minutes. Um, we have uh, Britton Kovac and uh, Johnny Cott, and I'm gonna let each of you describe your business. Because again, we have folks here. Both these folks are uh, entrepreneurs. They've got companies, but they're also obviously part of the uh, startup village um, spirit and. You know, also some aspect of its operation. So, Britton and Johnny, welcome to the show. Thanks for Hi having us.
6: There.
1: Yes. So let's start with you, Britton. What? What? You have a startup which is Leap Two, right?
6: I oh, actually, you know, I, I'm not uh, co-founder of that, but I just joined the team last week, and they are here in the Startup Village. Um, I I started with the. I'll kind of backtrack a little bit. I started with the Kansas City Startup Village volunteering back on January 1 of this year. Oh, okay. It's almost five months. Um, Over that time, what my role was, and I kind of jumped into the ambassadorship uh, role. So we started gaining local and national attention here at the village. Um, As you heard, Ben, speaking of the uh, Airbnb, we started getting visitors from around the country wanting to uh, learn more about the entrepreneurship scene and the and the local startup scene, about Google Fiber and things of that such. So I kind of took on an ambassador role where anybody that would come to town, um, we had a small team of folks that would engage uh, our visitors with the Startup Village, with the Kauffman Foundation, um, with networking events such as One Million Cups at the Kauffman Foundation, and then also showing them around the city. And and giving them an idea of what life in Kansas City may, may be like should they choose to move themselves here or their company. Uh, so that's kind of where I started back earlier this year. And, and that national attention grew to something on a more global scale. We started seeing reporters and journalists from around the country uh, by about mid uh, end of January, mid-February. Um, we had some folks from Asia. We had a reporter from Ireland come. And then before I know it, I'm getting emails from some of our local organizations asking if they can um, send more international folks over to the village um, that want to learn about the entrepreneur scene. So, you know, long story short, over the past uh, about two and a half or three months now, we've hosted over 15 different countries in the startup village. We've hosted a number of countries in South America, Cuba, uh, Australia, Asia, Ireland, um, Japan and coming up this week, we're actually going to be uh, we'll have 10 more countries uh, represented or coming for the Fires of the Home conference and uh, mm-hmm. 25 congressional staff as well later on this week. So, uh, you know, all of that I guess to answer your question um, took me into a couple different roles that I that I just started last week. Um, one is week two, and mm-hmm. what we are is a living Search. So, uh, for example, if you're going to go out on one of, uh, and, you know, a search engine, Google or Bing or, or Yahoo, for example, you're going to type in a query and it's going to produce a list of links, right? Um, mm-hmm. is very much what everyone is used to, is seeing that, re- seeing those results in list form. And what lead 2 does is we produce visual search results. So we pull together local information. We pull together. Um, real-time social from Facebook and Twitter, uh, and we pull together web results. And it comes back in a visual uh, uh, source rather than a list of links. Um, Moving forward, actually starting next week, I will be the Kansas City Startup Village's uh, very first paid employee. Um, You've heard a lot of talk up until now of a number of people putting forth so many hours and time their time and their efforts and paying it forward and um giving now and getting later and uh, we're at a point where the Kaufman Foundation has actually brought me on board um so I will be starting with them come next coming next week and I will be the uh, representative continuing what I'm doing and picking up some more roles but for the Kansas City Charter Village
1: Mhm. So um and John I'm not going to leave you hanging out there too long. I I do want to talk about your your involvement in your company. Um <clears throat> what is the one or two main things that everybody wants to know? What has been drawing all of this attention all these visitors from far and wide and near and all of that? Uh that
7: that that's a great question and 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 the biggest thing is, you know, mm-hmm. as you've heard this story over the last uh, our it, it, it's been the community, right? Uh, anyone mm-hmm. can take a bunch of startups, putting them in a building, and 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 letting them grow. But uh, I'm originally from New York and and uh, transplanted here almost a decade ago, and uh, got involved. Like uh, I, I think we're at the end of this month. We're at eight months uh, as being the startup community starting. But uh, as a whole, it's it's that inclusiveness of helping your neighbor, that Midwest mentality of uh, openness, the, you're, you're able to have easier access to almost everything where you wouldn't on the coast or in larger cities. Even though we, we, we're seen to the rest of the country as a secondary or tertiary city, we, we still have a bigger, uh, a, a, a bigger um, idea, and that idea is to, to really build the community, and then from that community standpoint, the community will, will then grow itself.
1: Mhm. So so it's the um it's kind of I guess the the midwestern open door welcome come to our, you know, world and and be an entrepreneur is sort of that's you're saying is the asset or that's the big draw. It's that um it's the openness and the welcomeness of the whole thing is what really gets people engaged and wanting to know more about it.
7: Yeah, I mean, it, it it's that, but we also have the talent. I mean, from the corporation side, and I know it was touched upon, having Sprint, Cerner, D F T, Hallmark, uh, larger uh, corporations produce talent, right? And, and mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of talent here in the Midwest that's untapped, and and some of the ignition points, like like discussed earlier, were, you know, uh, the Kaufman Foundation, 1 million Cubs, and uh, Google Fiber, and and with that. Now people are starting to come out of their houses, their basements, their garages, saying, "All right, well, I'm not the only crazy entrepreneur in this town. Let's, <laughs> let's come together, rally, and 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 find out what uh, what we can do together." Because you know, it, it, I'm not a big fan of, of quotes or using other people's. You know, it takes a village, but it, here it does. I mean, it's easy for someone to go upstairs in one of the one of the houses or across the street to someone else and say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" or uh, how are you guys doing this? And 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 it is able to. And and this is where kind of my role steps in is the commercialization and monetization of of your companies. Because really we need businesses. It's not just about building this fun, happy-go-lucky community. It's 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 how do we build a sustainable business and and then uh, get that out to market and show everybody in the country that uh, Kansas City is is no longer flyover country.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting, very interesting. I guess I never really thought about that, but there is a certain, you know, aura to the Midwestern, you know, very home-style values and, like I said, the open door, everybody's kind of welcome. That resonates with folks, especially from from both the coasts, I'm sure, you know, where – obviously life is a very different beast and and the startup world i mean if you look at silicon valley and you look at silicon alley in new york and the boston area you know the, the 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 startup mode there you know it's very different it's very high pace and so forth and so here in the midwest you guys kind of have this very very relaxed open door but everybody can create and be a part of it and be neighbors and you know, have a good time. I think that there's there's a lot to be said for that. There there seems to be a lot to be said for that. And and Britain, with the with the media folks coming in, I mean, is that what they're picking up on as well?
6: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um and even specifically, uh, a, a gentleman uh that came a few months ago, he's from uh Dubai. Uh he really picked up on that and we've actually kept in touch via email um he wants to stay informed about the updates of the village and and he was really impressed by the collaboration and the community um and those open doors that he saw in just a short couple hours he was here in the village um and and he also mentioned that it reminded him a a little bit of what las vegas is doing i think um and and building off of that boulder idea um Mm -hmm. but you know there's uh, you know, to piggyback also on all of this, um, Tom Rue, who's uh, Vice President of Entrepreneurship at the Kaufman Foundation, uh, he has some words that have become very popular among our community, and that is, community is the new form of currency. I think that's really powerful. Community is a new form of currency. And um, that's exactly what our international folks are seeing us. You know, South America was another group that, that we have kept in touch with. And they want to figure out a way to take this concept, um, this Midwest open door community feel, down to where they're at in South America. Um, and I come from a marketing background. I come from an agency background. Um, I'm an entrepreneur myself, but I've never been up until earlier this year. Was never surrounded with this type of community. And you've got folks running one or two or three businesses. They're they're on their computer, 18, 20. Hours a day, but somehow, some way, they are always finding time to help each other and to collaborate and to lend advice or suggestions. Or you know, if one person's been through an experience that maybe another hasn't, there, there's always that extra few minutes that that the um, this community finds to help each other
1: out. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> do you think that will either one of you or both of you actually can answer this question? Do you think that is a sustainable? Um, uh, approach and what I mean by sustainable meaning, as you get more people showing up and as you get the transplanted easterners and southerners and all of that, will will is there the danger that you might lose some of that uniqueness because you have everybody here, or do you think that you know you can get a surge of folks coming in and you'll still be able to maintain that that laxness that you know that open door everybody come in kind of uh, atmosphere.
6: Uh- I'll take something real quick and then I'll let John jump in. But I think that, that that's definitely one thing that is very attractive about this community and I think that um that, that would be something that would you know, when the people that with the folks that we are drawing, that is something that's extremely appealing to them and I think that, you know, if they already don't have that mentality or mindset that they might very quickly adapt to it.
7: And, mm-hmm. and to add on to that, the, the the ones that don't adapt, right, get shifted out. So I, I heard Ben talking about Brad Feld's uh, uh, startup community book. Right, he talks about leaders and feeders, entrepreneurs, and 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 uh, the service providers, the people that support the community, which is very important to the entire ecosystem. So to to kind of answer your set, uh, question in an ecosystem model, if mm-hmm. if someone doesn't fit in a group or an ecosystem, right, they kind of get sifted out over time. So Mm -hmm. the protocols or or the guiding principles that we say we have, the four guiding principles of, you know, being inclusive, um, uh, allowing things to grow organically, um, uh, having a long-term vision, and and also um, uh, making sure that we have uh, activity uh, constantly with the entire entrepreneurial stack has created this culture. So so just like in business, uh, but without the ties of actual employment, Uh, Mm -hmm. people will come and be part of it but at the end of the day if it's not the right fit they will sift out and sift through what that is because there is such a core group of people and a core group of uh, uh, principles that that we go through to, to build this community and that's what the differentiating factor is going to be is that support is that culture is the people here are sticking to that to making sure that we're helping each other out and the people that are there for more selfish reasons and, and and you have to be selfish to to build your company and, and focus on that, but that's more focused and selfish uh mm-hmm. at, at that point they they'll they'll leave the field and and kind of uh we won't have to push them out at all
1: mm-hmm <laughs> Very interesting. You know, you got a ringing endorsement from uh, one of our guests here from England. Uh, she's a regular uh, guest, not guest, but regular audience uh, participant here at the at the show. And uh, that that whole um, you know community is a new form of currency. Definitely, uh, definitely resonated with her. And you know, her, her also her feeling also is that um, as you bring in these folks from other parts of the country. Um, besides maybe taking some of the edge off of the Type A East Coasters and whatnot, is you, you also increase the skill set that comes to the, the community. You know, obviously because things are done differently, and uh, you know, Silicon Valley has its own you know way of doing things. But if you get a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you bring it all here together in uh, you know in, in, in Kansas City, uh, that's a win for for Kansas City because you're basically tapping into that additional new found or new you know ideas, new ways of doing things
7: absolutely. And, and and we do have a, a unofficial, official motto here, uh is is we want doers, right? Um mm-hmm. we, we kind of in the beginning started hearing people come into meetings and, and, and starting to have these conversations, oh so we should do this and we should do that and it was like, Well, are you gonna do it? So one of the things <laughs> we do inside of our bi weekly meeting says if you're going to bring something up in a meeting uh, you are essentially volunteering yourself to do that thing. So so if somebody comes in and they suggest something, we said, well, thank you for volunteering. When can we expect to, that to be done? And, <laughs> and they're like, well, I just wanted to bring it up. I was like, well, if you're not going to take action on it and it's not going to move something forward right now, why are we wasting our time talking on it? And, and I'm not saying we waste our time on everything, but we, mm-hmm. we just wanted to we want actionable items, and that has been – one of the core things that has gotten us to this place so far, and 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 showing this much growth. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm having the opportunity today to go speak in front of the governor of Kansas uh, about KCSV and entrepreneurship in Kansas as a whole. And and the last couple of weeks, I've been putting the numbers together. We in, in the village itself, we have 24 businesses. Out of those businesses, uh, I think it's 20 or 32 percent are funded so far. Um out of that uh out of that twenty two percent, um they uh we've we've toured over we we've toured over um three billion dollars of uh investment capital. We've had six million dollars worth of investment into the village so far and, and it's been under eight months with this being an organic uh grassroots entrepreneurial led movement. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I'm going to – we've got, like, literally all of two minutes. I'm going to put both of you on the on the hot seat. Uh, 45 seconds each, what is the one thing you would recommend to another community that wants to replicate what you're doing here? Start with Britton. Go. Oh, goodness. I might have
6: to uh, – I might have to let John go first on this one. Um,
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> the hot seat. You said hot seat, and my mind went blank. John, John, do you want to jump in on this?
7: Sure, sure. So, so I think everything we heard, heard today was really, really important. But the, the most important thing as a whole is, is when you build a community, right, it has to be about the community. It has to be about what Ben said. It, you give before you get. Everything that we do as a whole – is uh about being inclusive not of just the entrepreneurs but of the feeders or the support groups the the VCs the um the lawyers the accountants i, I hate lawyers but guess what they're they're a ne- necessary evil to keep us all safe and and i mm-hmm. shouldn't say that i, I do like them because they do keep me safe right you'll be in the emails later but that's going, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but 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 it's one of those things that you need to make sure you know what you're doing have the guiding principles and then go through what that is as a whole.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: And to piggyback, to piggyback on that, um, I think Ben brought it up earlier, but it's so important that entrepreneurs are leading this initiative and this effort. Um, it's great to have outside support from local organizations and government and and and, and other entities, but um, if if entrepreneurs are not running the startup community or startup village or or a startup community, um, it's probably not, A, uh, may not succeed, and B, uh, may not be in the best interest of the small business and entrepreneurs.
1: Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to have to wrap here. I want to thank uh, both, you know, Johnny and, uh, and Britton and everybody who has been a part of this today from uh, Kansas City Startup Village. This has been a very enlightening discussion. I expect to come back again. I expect to, you know, to have you guys on the show again. Uh, To our audience, thank you very much for being with us. I'm here actually every day this week broadcasting a show, so tune in. Don't miss out. Lots going on here in Kansas City. Have a great day.
4: Thank you, sir. Thank you.